0: The, what the f keep going? I am acting here, and this dickhead wanders onto my set. I can't even get a line out until...
1: Sci-fi melody.
0: Starts whispering in your ear, and you're not even watching anymore. Dennis. You can see inside.
1: Sci-Fi Malady, symptom 269, inner space. Honey, I shrunk the quake. Welcome back,
2: sickies, on this holiday season. hope you had a good Thanksgiving. And we are now entering into the next phase of alliteration with Dennis Quaid December. And this kind of occurred to me after we did Enemy Mine, when I thought, man, he's been in other sci-fi films and we've never covered them so high time let's get alliterating and, and get on this and the first choice i had was this film inner space from 1987 starring uh, martin short dennis quaid co-starring or starring dennis quaid but co-starring martin short and meg Ryan. and at the time when this film came out i think you know i was seven and i remember the previews and at the time i really liked martin short because of the movie three amigos and good film yeah yeah and for some reason i thought ed Grimley was about the funniest thing in the world at seven um sure why not sure why not so when i saw this movie interspace starring martin short i was like well i'm in i don't even know what it's about but i'm in and so my mom was like yeah we could go see that she saw the previews and we all got in the car and we went and saw it and it freaked me out. Like, not enough to have nightmares or anything, but um, I was really weirded out by this movie. Um, um, why? Well, it's the idea of someone being inside of you and seeing all the pieces, parts, and possibly being able to, like, sever your artery and rip it apart. First of all, you see the inside of a human body. And it's freaky, especially if you're a seven year old and you don't quite know how it works. Well, second, sure, why not? It's the vulnerability of the whole thing that it's someone microscopic, subatomic, not subatomic, but microscopic
3: inside of you, and you're at their mercy, basically. And. That Uh,
2: really freaked
0: me out. This is seven-year-old rage thinking, okay? Well, okay, fine. If we're going with seven-year-old rage, fine. Seven-year-old rage, can think whatever seven-year-old rage thought.
2: Well, right. And that's why it's still... I mean, there's holdover. I'll watch it. It's not like I'm never going to watch this again. But... Don't tell me this gave you PTSD. No. Of course not. But... I can watch it freely now, but there's still just that a little bit of a seven-year-old being like, oh man, I remember when this movie freaked me out. Um, especially the, the battle scene at the end inside of, um, Jack. Oh, the acid. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Or just the fact that, you know, when the, when, um, um, well, I, I suddenly forget the name of, uh, the name of Mr. Igo, when he was in that machine when he was in the ship getting ready to get shrunk down and they had the claw and he was looking menacingly at Jack Putterman who was strapped to a table and couldn't do anything and you know it uh, just freaked me out as a kid I'm over it now but that's what makes me so that's what made me think of this movie so, okay. Uh, clearly inspired by, uh, I think it's called "The Amazing Voyage" which Scott. You might remember this. We watched this in Mister Thompson's class. Yeah, Mister, not inner space Oh, but great! Amazing Voyage was the movie where that crew of people go inside a, a human body to. I've seen
0: that one. Remove yeah. a tumor from nineteen sixty something. I, I don't remember watching that in Mr.
1: Thompson's class. But that okay, is start- we watched it. It's starting to get fuzzy. That was like 1991, 92. Things from that time period now. I remember, oh, that, sure. I remember that I spent most of the election season that year trying to convince the class to vote for Ross Perot,
0: even though yeah. the class couldn't vote. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. Why, why am I not shocked, Scott? Why am I not shocked? <laughs> I do remember that one as well. I remember
1: 12-year-old Scott was completely devastated when Bill Clinton won the election.
0: Yeah. Because the independent didn't win.
2: It, that, that well, he wanted he really wanted Ross Perot to win.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, it was this it was, this can, makes me want to do the political podcast even more, Scott. We got to get that going. Just so you,
2: at the very least you could figure out what was going through 12-year-old Scott's head when he was De- when he was demanding Ross Perot be president, yes. Often I also
1: remember that when I was sick from class for a couple days, Mr. Tomps hung a picture of me on the blackboard and tried to argue. Oh, I with do him, remember but he that. Argue back.
2: I do remember that. <laughs> I also remember the Simpsons episode where, in, where Clinton and Bob Dole were abducted by aliens by and replaced by Kang and Kodos, who took <laughs> on their form, and then uh, at the end when they were. People were like, well, I can't vote for you. Go ahead. You have to vote for one of us. It's a two-party system. Well, I believe I'll vote for a third party. Go ahead. Throw your vote away. And then it showed Ross Perot punching his hat in anger. (laughs) Oh, the Simpsons. (laughs) And then it ended with, don't blame me. I voted for
0: Kodos. Yeah. Well, don't forget, if you want to do that, you got Futurama who did it even better. But What's that? They had, had the clone, the two clones that were fighting each other and went, I don't think you went far enough. I don't think you had far enough on your policy. Yeah. Yeah,
2: I do remember that. Ah, good old Futurama. Same same creator, so it all makes sense. But getting back to inner space. Um, the basic sum of this is you have a down-on-his-luck U.S. Navy aviator Lieutenant Tuck um, Pendleton played by Dennis Quaid.
0: I have a whole bunch of stuff to bring up on that one. Oh, there's going to be some rippage about that for sure. Um,
2: but he needs a job and he takes up a job where he's going to pilot a submersible pod. I guess it works the same as a plane. Anyway, uh, so he's hired to go into this experiment, which we later learn is supposed to be inside. It's supposed to be, uh, there's these two microchips that shrink you down, and it can be used for medis- medical purposes. And they're going to experiment on a rabbit just to see if he can do it. And the problem is, during after he shrunk down and put into a syringe, uh, his pod that is, the uh, the lab is attacked by some guy named Mister Igo. I- I Igo. I just I think it's movie. Igo. Igo,
0: who well, actually be- he doesn't even attack. He sits outside of it. That's true.
2: But he goes in with the intent of taking this and the microchips.
0: Which I have to a million about. questions on that one too.
2: Yeah. So. Uh, The supervisor, Ozzy Wexler, knows this. He takes the syringe and tries to make a run for it. Uh, It winds up in a nearby shopping mall and now Mr. Igo happens to get one of the chips, but the other one is attached to the pod that Tuck is in. And so they need to get Tuck out of of the syringe so they can get the chip. Ozzy trying to save him injects Tuck into a guy named Jack Putterman, who is a hypochondriac uh, grocery clerk who also is going through very, Who after he gets out of his meth, uh, therapy session. He gets injected
1: and Did you almost course, say meth lab? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it sounded no. like you almost said meth lab.
2: <laughs> I guess you're hoping... Oh, are you looking for meth?
0: <laughs> and it wasn't the therapist, it was a doctor, but okay. Oh yeah, it was, wasn't
2: it? So the his doctor, He's also talking about he's talking about his hallucin like his dream of the woman pulling out a gun on him, which is kind of true, but it's a lighter and like yeah. how we have panic attack.
0: Well also, let's be honest, his doctor his doctor is probably the worst doctor in the planet, so <laughs> Aren't they all on movies?
2: So yeah. So, you know, Jack uh Jack uh Tuck wakes up and he thinks he's in this rabbit. So he goes around and he gets into the per, into Jack's ear and puts an audio thing and then he shoots a needle into Jack's optic nerve so he can see through it and realizes holy crap I'm not in the rabbit and he only has a few hours oxygen supply. So after making contact with Jack and having some humor ensues, Jack makes contact with Tuck's girlfriend, played by Meg Ryan, who is a reporter, and she's also looking into this guy who's trying to sell the other chip named The Cowboy.
0: Uh, Tuck well, uses... What's that? It's, it starts getting very... Conf- it gets confluted and all over the place. It does. Go-
2: it does, because then he... Tuck decides to use the they kidnap, kind of kidnap the cowboy and I
0: think think the cowboy liked it too much when he was kidnapped.
2: Oh my gosh, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. It was Meg Ryan and he was a dog. so and so Tuck uh, uses the somehow uses the pod's computer equipment to make Jack muscles turn into something like a cowboy, but he doesn't look that close. You know what? It's pretty bad. (laughs) I don't know how that works, but
3: (laughs) it works. And um, they try to get the, the chip, but it doesn't work because
2: Jack has a panic attack and reverts back to himself where he's kidnapped and then they just take him back to a lab and that's where Mr. Igo is shrunk down and injected into Jack, with the the goal is to get the other chip. And this is the other part of the mo- the thing that freaked me out as a kid when they're like, well, What happens to the other pilot without the chip? Oh, he'll just re enlarge. That'll be a bloody mess, won't it? And I just thought of, you know, the pot tux submersible re enlarging inside Jack and killing him like that. That just anyway so uh but luckily there's a fight in uh there's a fight inside them and Tuck manages to make the other pod break apart and then he digests the bad guy they get Jack back to the original lab where they and Tuck who's on just a few minutes of oxygen left goes into Jack's lungs and Jack using some hairspray sneezes him out they get Tuck re-enlarged and he's married to his to Meg Ryan Lydia and, and they live happily ever after they live happily ever after except the cowboy tried the cowboy and oh, Henshaw, the- Crenshaw the bad guys who were trying to steal a ship to begin with are after him now because they've also been shrunk down to half when Lydia came to um, Jack's rescue in the bad guy lab they made, at gunpoint, made the other the bad guys get into their shrink area and shrunk them down, but only shrunk them halfway.
3: Okay. Now, I watched this film,
0: and that explanation gave me a headache. So, Sickies, if you followed it, congratulations! Yeah. So, it is a tad on the what's going on. Um, well, let's, let's just go over the basics. It was in the 80s, so automatic it's going to be a honey. We shrunk the kids again.
2: Yeah. I mean, basically it's about a guy who a bad guy who's trying to get to computer chips so he could make a lot of money. And he has his henchmen steal it from try to steal the chip that's on the pod from the good guys. And the good guys inject into a bystander and hilarity ensues and the bad guys lose.
1: This movie yeah. was actually before honey. I shrunk the kids.
0: It was. It was. But well, It's it's still that time period where the Hollywood just thought, shrink everything! Shrink everything!
1: Yeah. No, okay.
2: No, Scott, what you just said happens to bring us into some trivia. There's not a lot of trivia to go over because some of it is just plain boring, but one of them is that Rick Moranis was tapped to play the role of Jack Putterman, but I guess he turned it down, but then he wound up playing in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, so I guess he's
0: still did that
1: he just wanted a better script
0: yeah i guess so with more a script that made yeah i I guess that made most sense
2: maybe i mean he wound up making more money off of it as honey i shrunk the kid was more commercially successful than this despite having spielberg's name attached to it um dennis quaid and meg ryan met on the set in the month intro you might have heard me saying i um Dennis Quaid thinking he was big until he was married to Meg Ryan. That's true. Because they met on the set and wound up getting married. Now they also got divorced and ten years later. But when they were together, he talked about he had an interview with, I want to say it was Conan O'Brien, where he said that Meg Ryan was the big attention getter while they were out in public and it kind of made him feel bad. Um, well, no duh. Yeah. Stupid idea, a stupid fun fact, but here it is. The scene where Tuck um, is shrunk and put into the fridge. he grabs a Polaroid camera and does a selfie with one of his coworkers. It's right before he gets in the pod. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, this is one of the first selfies it recorded. That or Clark Griswold and National Lampoon's European vacation. Is it true? I don't know, but it's dumb enough to land on this list. Um, so boy, th- like I said, most of these are just
0: really, um, when a selfie, uh, self portrait technically be a selfie.
3: Yeah. You got a point there. Uh, you know, I'm just going to like do two
2: or three more. Cause like I said, a lot of these were just that I was, I was looking through them. They were just boring. um, in Tuck Pendleton when they're shrinking Tuck the lab's instrumentation shows a reading on the screen that is six interlinked hexagons this is the symbol of the combined miniature deterrent forces from the movie Fantastic Voyage the company that was involved in shrinking down this was their logo so it was kind of a nod to that Um, Luca Beravizzi was cast to play Igo, but it was determined that he wasn't menacing enough so they had to change that midstream did he really miss out
3: eh. um so oh rips and picks rips, rips and picks
1: did time. you did you notice who, um who the actor who played Pete oh blanchard was
2: no, but do this because it's gonna be more fun more fun than everything else I have here.
1: It's Griff from Married with Children. I have to see who Griff was. Griff is Al's buddy who, who also yes, works at yes. the shoe store with him and is part of Nomam. He he gets oh. more in the later seasons. Oh okay. okay. Does the cowboy yeah. does the cowboy look familiar?
2: Uh yes, I believe he was um he played the doctor in Voyager, right?
1: Sure did. I was about to say, if he said, please state the nature of the medical emergency. Which is funny because
2: he shows up, too, in the movie Gremlins 2. And the director of this movie
1: worked with Spielberg on Gremlins 1. Hmm. So. I will say that um, it, it's, gonna, it, it's a pick is uh, Robert Picardo's range in this film. Because it is nothing like when you see what he plays as the doctor versus what he's playing here and how far this character is something different and an act down to the way he speaks like they're unrecognizable. Some actors only play themselves. There's a lot of range on display here with him mm-hmm. playing the cowboy with very few spoken words, and it's a uh, it's it's delightful and you see. You just, it, it sometimes amazes me how some of these actors who get in a career in TV uh, are just so talented that they never get a chance to really make it on the big screen in starring roles, you know, and they get into these, these piece roles, but he's got some major acting ability that's, that is on display here, but only if you kind of contrast that to other things you've seen him in.
2: Well, that's a good pick. I'm going to throw a pick out and then Thomas, I know you're going to rip into this Air Force connection at, or Navy connection as you should. Um, oh, trust me. There's there's I have three big ones right off the top. So 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 the scene where it's the battle between Tuck and Mr. Igo inside of um Jack. That whole scene is a giant pick for me. Because just the whole Um, foreign object detected and the fight and the way he disables the other vehicle the way he's got the drill drilling into to to tux viewport and then he's hanging out above the stomach and and says hey uh jack uh, i need some stomach acid fast oh no i'm really calm right now Hey, Jack, I don't mean to be a bad guy here, but I saw something down here. I'm pretty sure it's benign, but I don't know. Oh, how big is it? You're asking the wrong guy, Jack. To my eyes, it was as big as Candlestick Park. (laughs) And then, of course, the stomach acid churns up with his ulcer. He drops into the acid and dissolves Mr. Igo. He's like, "Uh, you just. And right before that, a real 80s line. And now, this is what I call fast, effective relief. And he drops him into that acid and goes, Way to go, Jack. You just digested the bad guy. 80 yeah. Schlock. Amazing. And uh, definitely, that whole scene is a giant pick for me.
3: Okay. I'm going to start whipping now. First whip. This group of scientists, and I use loose quotations
0: marks here, are some of the worst scientists ever. For one, one of them literally comments, I poured coffee on that piece of equipment. It's a little janky.
3: (laughs) That's supposed to be comic
0: relief, I guess.
3: That's scary.
0: If your scientists who are working with precise equipment to shrink someone and could blow up stuff is worried about uh, I didn't actually clean that I just spilled stuff and it's not working right uh oh that's not good plus the security for this lab is who's working on something that personally DARPA or the military would love and would, right. be, would be highly invested in has the worst security ever one guy Wait, there was security? Yes, one guy at the front desk.
1: Yeah, when you're working on a project of this nature, you shouldn't be able to be to be taken out by a team of people pretending to be telecommunications workers with a portable fire extinguisher and a gas mask.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. No, 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 no. This is somewhere with layered security with armed guards and quite a bit of oh crap, something happened, we we're going in immediate lockdown, and
3: we're calling back up. Yeah, that didn't happen. This is the worst security ever. Next! And this is... I, I'm debating if I want to do this one. I'll do this one. Yes! The scientist has escaped the lab with
0: the syringe carrying the one thing that we need that is microscopic. So we need to stop him. What's the best way of stopping him? Running him over with my car. (laughs) He couldn't possibly drop and
3: break the syringe then, right? Right. Let me get this straight. You want to hit him, which could break that syringe, but that's okay. The other option is just shoot him in public.
0: Yeah, because that one works. And oh, yeah, how do you cover it up? By punching someone in public. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> subtle. Assault battery
2: is how you cover up a shooting.
0: Yeah, very subtle. I don't know how anyone doesn't suddenly come up with a conspiracy theory there. This guy just suddenly punched me and took my camera after he was standing miniscally over the body. Yeah. Yeah. Real That's subtle. not going
2: to get reported.
0: Yeah, and cameras aren't going to pick up that one. Oh, this is the lab, and here's the guy, and here's... Yeah, totally fine with that one. But, okay, fine. Again, stupidity on top of stupidity. Next. He's a disgraced pilot. No, duh, because apparently he's terrible, but I don't know how he ever became a pilot in the first place. He's too drunk half the time. Well... Drinking is pretty well known in the military and is accepted as long as you're not doing it on duty.
2: Well, I mean, this guy was like drunk enough to make it into the Russian Air Force.
0: Well, they have an Air Force still, uh, but no, it's he was at a party, drunk, whatever, that doesn't matter. The more interesting thing is he obviously does not have what it takes to be a pilot, because a pilot requires it doesn't matter, honestly, what kind of, you know, how much they
3: drink. If it's the the de corps, the actual abilities and sense that they have, this guy obviously doesn't have any of that. And for the military to spend
0: billions of dollars training someone, they make sure that they're very qualified. Again, he's extremely well qualified to be a pilot. So well qualified, they kind of kick him out and he retires, well he he retires his commission, which that's a whole nother thing, technically, again, this would technically fall under a military contract because there's no way that a private company is working on this with not
2: even li- a private company. It's like some guy in a lab
0: he rented out well, yeah, but no matter what, the military's definitely involved in this. There's no way the military's not because At this high level. Right. So you don't actually retire a commission. You get moved and transferred into what is considered civilian oversight and things like that. So he doesn't have to retire, but he's retiring because he's going into this janky group that should not actually be a company.
2: And they certainly wouldn't have given him the job of piloting the submersible.
1: Yeah, isn't there one point at the beginning where he finds a whole bunch of papers that were supposed to be filed like a month ago, and he says, are there any other paperwork that you haven't turned in to me?
0: Yes, that's the lead scientist, which again goes, ah, yes, he pours coffee over things. And they have reports that obviously haven't been returned in that are important. I'm sorry, and you're right now bringing in a government official to possibly get you money on this project.
1: No, I didn't didn't turn those reports. They were properly handled, perfectly handled. I talked to a lot of people. They said I perfectly handled those reports on my desk. Those papers were perfectly handled, perfectly okay. Handled great, none better.
2: I'm guessing that part of this was supposed to be the comedic, like, oh, ha, 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 ha. But eh, that passed when I was a kid, but now it's like, all right, I'm going to have to suspend disbelief because this doesn't make
0: sense. Well, most honestly, and I'll be completely honest, most of this comedy didn't hit. I knew where they were trying to make comedy, where it was supposed to be funny. Mm
3: -hmm. I'm like, nope. Yeah, I just, I mean, I still like it. It's Martin Short, but I get your point.
2: Um, speaking of that I would label this as a pick the way he was wigging out dancing in Tuck's apartment it's like yeah
0: <laughs> that was still kind of funny uh, at, least for me. I, at least for me okay I'm also going to say I'm I'm not going to say I can dr- drink like I used to I'm not like 21 anymore I can't drink a bottle and be fine but this guy's a lightweight of lightweights. Well, he's
2: also, you know, a panic-stricken... I don't between care. ...between that and... Yeah, I mean, that's the idea, I'm sure. Which, here's another point. I mean, this is a rip. Hey, you see that bottle in the fish? Take it out, now drink it. So Tuck could refill his stores. Dude, you are drinking alcohol that someone else put into them that... I, I mean it's this alcohol
0: though lush. This is, well, not, this is, it's alcohol though alcohol would kill anything it's just a fact it's and also just any bacteria fact. would actually be bigger and wouldn't actually get in there it's just a fact that it's like Which you actually are bring, a special
2: oh, kind of lush
0: actually that brings up a good point at the size he is at he can't be drinking that alcohol because no. the molecules of alcohol would actually be too big yeah and so,
1: yeah. But I also it, it, imagine that that Southern Comfort. Let's say he could somehow drink it. I imagine that at his size, that's. I mean, that's gonna just knock him out. Well, he's only getting a microscopic amount of it, I guess. So, but yeah, you you. But uh, to, to back to Rage's point, you are jonesing for a drink if you oh, basically yeah. want to drink somebody's already. I mean, this isn't even picking up. You know. A, I have seen people go around at bowling alleys and pour the remainder of the bottles of beers into a cup and drink that cup. This is even worse than that. Yes, I have seen that. I've seen people reward themselves at the end of their shift by clearing away the empty beer bottles into one cup and enjoying their drink.
0: That's (laughs) that's
2: not a reward. That's a punishment.
1: (laughs) But, um... Um... This is even worse than that. Because this isn't what's left in somewhat backwash. This is literally the alcohol that they've already drank that you're filling up your
0: flask with to have a drink. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, It's an interesting choice. One
2: other pick would be that for the time, the effects are pretty darn good. I mean, between the inside the body scene where they have like foam fat cells and The scenes where you have Crenshaw shrunk down, the way they filmed that was they just got a car that was huge and had the cameraman sit farther back so that they could kind of scale trick you. Kind of like how Lord of the Rings, when Gandalf and uh, Bilbo were in a kitchen together, Gandalf sat closer, even McKellen sat closer to the camera and then the guy playing Frodo or Bilbo was stood farther away, and they just never looked directly at each other.
0: Hmm. Well, well, yeah. Watching the trick on how they did that is very interesting. But the it's a pick for me, yeah, it, I, I, I'm going to say that there is quite a bit of interesting
3: camera work and a lot of interesting work done here. I think. How do I put this? This film did
0: do some very good things, camera-wise. I mean, the fat looks pretty good. The eye, eh, not terrible. Eardrum, kind of okay. Technically, I wouldn't want this guy floating around in my body while he's steering like he is, because... uh, For one, uh, I'll just cut my way into a vessel here. Oh, I I was going to say, congratulations, he's dead bleeding out, yeah. Internally yeah. bleeding yeah, out without gonna, knowing it.
1: He
2: kind of feels the ear, the opti- the oral the nerve getting the clamp on it, and the eye poker is killing him, but the the vein getting cut open? Nah, that's okay.
1: I'm also going to say, if, feel you, bad, so. if he's hitting an electromagnetic booster that is powerful enough to light a TV and a VCR on fire... Oh, man. Uh, He is in some trouble down the line at that point. I'm thinking, that can't be good going
0: off inside of your body. Well, not just that, but... sizzled. Oh, well, yeah. But there's also this thing where, apparently, this computer has the other problem that all 80s computers have. Ah, yes. We have an issue, because this isn't exactly like uh, the simulation. Give it a sec. We're calculating.
2: Yeah, basically when no one knew what computers did, so they just made up what they did.
0: You're recalculating from one, a small bunny, to a person. You had that database stored, and you just recalculated.
1: How? Yeah, yeah. I'm also thinking that this is where when we ever find out who Q is uh, that uh, got the idea for the fact that the vaccine contained microchips.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: No, they're not microchips. They're a bunch of little uh, Lieutenant Tucks floating around in them.
1: Right. It's even worse. Bill Gates just doesn't want to track you with a microchip into your bloodstream when he doesn't need to do that because we all have a phone that Tracks us more efficiently, but he's gone one up and he's put little human beings into our blood uh, in the guise of the vaccine. They're all
2: Microsoft. They're all Microsoft automatons. Right,
1: which means that so many of us are just waiting for the pod to re enlarge to full size and blow us up from
0: the inside out. Yep. I have another question and point.
3: Okay. Who on earth? I understand why. Meguyan's hot, so of course. But
0: why on earth did you allow a reporter into a military function for one, and she was acting like a reporter? You're not doing your job right now. You're at a ball, but okay.
3: Good way of getting yourself kicked out. Mm-hmm. For another, how is this reporter covering all this? Because the Uh, script says so. Exactly. I'm
0: sorry. This reporter is apparently an investigative reporter who does
3: one story a year. Because apparently she is now covering industrial espionage within tech. I'm sorry. That takes an entire team of
0: reporters to get that one. Last year... Unless you're Meg Ryan and the script requires it. I know. Exactly. Which also brings up the point of
3: if you're a fighter pilot, why did you go for the reporter? How did that one go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. What are... You know, now I, w- I will say the other uh, uh, this is a pick I do have. That Wendy. Wow. Wendy does not care for our grocery clerk. No. Treats him like trash.
0: hmm But suddenly he gets interested in him. At the end. And near the end, yes, when he, she first sees him in the uh, dance club is when he, she first shows interest. When someone else wants him. Oh, shocker! How that one works, but okay. Yeah, right. But okay. So now suddenly, ooh, yeah, she's interested.
3: And later on, hey, you want to go out? No. No. Good on you. <laughs> Good on you. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, here's a rip. She's a plot device. <laughs> she's a
1: growth plot device for him when he realizes that he shouldn't be. Uh, pining after this unworthy person and when he realizes his own value uh, yes. and then that's all she's there for is for when she finally says let's date and he has the confidence in himself to go not a chance she's a plot device
0: oh I'm not saying she's not a plot device I'm just saying it's a,
3: it's done well it's, it does show yeah. growth that's true here's, here's a um, a rip though
2: So, Jack and Lydia kiss, and somehow that sends Tuck into her? Through the saliva. Except he wasn't there, Uh, but now he is. I mean, so, like, all of a sudden, parts of the body get sucked through? I
3: mean, hang on. That's like, was he hanging out in Jack's mouth? I, Apparently, I just w- what? No, 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 and
2: and overplaying Sam Cook's Cupid just so she hears it, and then suddenly gets the idea to oh, I need to get tucked back into Jack. I'll make out with him. Um,
3: what? Well, let's be honest. There's also another issue big rip there big rip there this this device this ship is right now given those two cancer not just electrical radiations coming
0: off of it when it decided to blast a tv out a window which not how electrical and magnetic fields work that TV can't just go flying out a window like that, but okay. Uh, If it's loud enough, that little craft can produce enough sound waves to be able to cue it without her having the little clamp on her ear. Yeah. Her insides are now mush. And Tuck just blew his eardrums. Yeah, both of them have. As well as anything else, both of them will have uh, cancer within a year because of. There's no way this thing isn't radioactively powered because there's no way something that size has that kind of power in it. Uh, so I doubt there's enough shielding for that one. Radiation poisoning, definitely inside scrambled, and well, he probably has permanent nerve and brain damage from all the magnetic electricals. Oh yeah screwing around they did
1: you know Thomas I, I just remembered this rip I had in the first two minutes of the movie you said this is a bad company that's doing this shrinking uh, it's also way over budget because it has a probably a very very expensive robotic arm removing yes. and plugging in the chips that yeah it doesn't need neither for efficiency or nor for um precision Because it is brutally grabbing that microchip. And it is much more slowly, as they show you definitively at the end, uh, placing the chip into wherever it needs to go. This is a case where, yes, we can spend millions upon millions of dollars for a programmed robotic arm to insert our circular microchip that looks like no microchip I have ever seen. Or we could just use our hands.
0: Yeah, but it needs to go in the ship. Okay, guess what? You put it in the ship first before before you put it in.
1: It's not like it's delicate. It's not like like, like this robotic arm is performing some precision, precise, delicate work or that the chip is that delicate. I mean, it's survived a lot of nonsense. It's not delicate. And, uh, it's not like it's precision work to fit the chip where it needs to go, or that that's even a precision robotic arm, because it's pretty much just grab, turn, move, press. I mean, it, it is the most pointless scene just to look cool and say, look, it's science. It's the future. It's a robotic arm. For no reason other than it's a robotic arm. Future robot.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, it's not just pointless, but it's also got this point where it's like, okay, you've gone from stupid to pointless to idiotic. For one, his entire way of communicating is through this radio? I'm guessing? But again, none of this, this is the thing about this. None of this is explained. And we know why. Cause none of it makes story doesn't work. work. Well, yes. It doesn't just doesn't work, but I'm saying it doesn't wouldn't explain anything. Yeah, I mean
1: look, at its heart, this story is not about the science. This is a, a love story with talk and and, you know, having to come to terms with the own with his with the depth of his own emotion and to you know we, we would you know say back then it was getting in touch with your feelings and and that's what he had to do to to make his relationship work. And then the other half of this story is a confidence building story for uh putter to to take you know he says I'm cured. Um I'm not sure he is uh Chasing after a world class um hitman slash thief who carries around what was it Jimmy Hoffa's wallet or something as a souvenir yeah, impulsively yeah. is is not a sign of mental stability uh yeah no. once you realized that that was the cowboy um would have made more sense, but this is a this is a classic eighties message of if you just believe in yourself you will be fine. And introverted is something to be fixed and turn yourself into an extrovert, like all good people are supposed to be, which is nonsense. But this is definitely an eighties growth film that says that if you're introverted, that's something to cure into becoming a good proper extrovert. And on the other hand, for um for Tuck, it's it's about, you know, getting in touch with his feelings so that he can become Um, present in his relationship. The science is a backdrop for them to go through their personal journeys.
2: And with that in mind, I think we're at
1: a good point for rating this. Oh, oh, I I will add one rip. This ending is terrible. Yes. I mean, do they live happily ever after, or does the cowboy kill them both to get the chip back to re-enlarge Crenshaw? Because I'm not sure what's going to happen when Putter actually catches up to them. And they never show him catch up to them. Um, Instead of actually letting the authorities know that his friends are in danger, he's going to charge to the rescue in a fight that he is not qualified to win.
2: But it's Jack Putter to the rescue.
1: Yeah, my conclusion is that Jack Putter gets killed by the cowboy. And then the cowboy um, kills Tuck. And then re enlarges the other two, and they've got the microchips.
2: And that's funny because uh, Tuck has the microchips as cufflinks,
1: right? That's how I conclude this film ends.
2: Okay, well, with that in mind, let's rate this thing. How many
3: micro subs do you give it? Uh, I'm going to give it. Oh, it's tricky. I want to give it six. It's okay. I mean, it's got its moments. But not that great, in my opinion. It's not bad.
0: It has some cool effects at 6.5. Okay. I see where they were going. I just think it fell a little flat. Okay. Okay.
3: Scott? So, um... I'm gonna give this a four.
1: Uh, The acting pulls up an otherwise weak, bad script. Um, I don't quite like some of the messages that it sends. Um, I kind of hinted at that in my final rip of it's got an 80s message of introversion is something to be fixed, which I don't agree. Uh some people just are extroverted and that's good and some people are introverted and that's good too. Um, as long as you know you can be just as unhealthy an extrovert as you can an unhealthy introvert. Um I, I don't think that solving your anxiety problems and your hypochondriac problems means learning how to be extroverted and then self confidence will cure every ill. Um so what? I, don't, I don't like that. Um I don't like the ending. Um, it's a weak plot device that's built on nonsensical science and nonsensical premises that doesn't make sense Um, no one doing any type of good quality research would um, create a technology like this that could kill both the test pilot and the host animal if you didn't have a second microchip in your possession to re-enlarge them and you definitely have a duplicate somewhere under, under security somewhere else, if you did something that stupid, you would have a backup protocol. I don't think any self-respecting scientific, um, research outlet, um, it's just, it's built on some flawed premises, premises that, um, look, it's, it's a plot device that, that calls on people who are supposed to be smart, to be stupid, to advance it at nearly every step of the way. Um, you combine everything there, um, the acting does enough to pull this thing back to a four, but I think it's overall a below average effort of the film.
2: Wow, Scott, that you just knocked my rating down, actually. Not just because of the messaging of the extrovert introvert thing, which you're right, but that it's the, the whatever science was just a contrived. That's it. Um, which I get. But you just knocked it down to five for me on average. Um, The acting was fine. It was fun. But, and the effects were good for the time. And it's a good premise at its heart. It's just implemented weirdly. And also the free factor from when I was a kid takes a ding on it. So I'll give it about a five. So, and with that in mind, that is one down of Dennis Quaid December. You can also tune in to Raven Lunatic Media for our other great features, Z- Zodiac Task Force, which next episode will be dropping this month in December. And we'll, you can also be, just keep your eyes out for the next Caseatorium. Hopefully there'll be a case that shows about a haunted elevator. And you can also of course go back and listen to our backlog of everything on Sci-Fi Malady, Caseatorium, uh, Zodiac Task Force, and also stay tuned for Ruck's new album. In fact, Ruck's latest EP can
1: be found at www. Oh,
2: wait,
0: wait, 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 wait,
2: Scott. Oh yeah. That was for Ruck to make an insert.
1: Well, you can still do that.
2: Yeah. So okay, Ruck, www. W- Ruck puts insert in here. <laughs> yeah. Ruck, delete that part. So, <laughs> I'll, I'll start again,
1: Ruck. Honestly, that was just perfect itself. I think I'll just go with that. Just kidding.
2: So you can also get Ruck's EP, his new EP at...
1: You can find the EP on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube Music, or anywhere that you listen to music. Go ahead, take a listen.
2: And once you're done there, you can go check out our Discord page, leave a comment, or you can also do so at
1: <laughs> RavingLunaticMedia.com, RavingLunaticMedia.com, RavingLunaticMedia.com. Rage Master, what's left for them to do?
2: Stay sick, sickies.
3: job here. I am a pro. This is the most unprofessional set I have ever been on. This is
1: Sci-Fi Malady.